0: Hello, you're listening to Truth Book with me, Catherine Smith. We're going behind the scenes of real family lives. You will let out sighs of relief knowing it's not just you, and we're going to share a giggle about the funnier side of family life. On today's episode, I really enjoyed my conversation with Alana where we talked about the thrive and survive moments of homeschooling during lockdown, screen time cocaine, and what it is like being told that both her kids have autism. She talks openly about her own mental health, what it's like being the mum who picked her kids up in the same pyjamas she dropped them off in, how she swings between letting it go and connecting with friends for support, and she has a confession about Cheesecake, their pet chicken. As one of my first interviews, I really do say, hmm, a lot. Is that just me, or is that a psychologist thing? Hey, welcome to Truthbook Alana. Um, I have Alana who is married with children Clancy, eight, and Genevieve, who's 10, and has a fluid employment status, so fluctuates between part time, full full time, and Covid. <laughs> um, and she is a self confessed tragic creative, which I think is a great way to describe yourself, and a professional public speaker and a party starter, which is a title I would love to claim. So I'm sure you've not heard this before. Let's get the party started. Yep, yep, yep. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Can't not talk about COVID at the moment. And we've just recently come out of lockdown and homeschooling. Mm -hmm. How was it for you? And firstly, where did you thrive?
1: I I thrived in the middle. I did great in the middle. That's when I I think I, I hit my stride. I had let it go, I had uh, sobered up, and um, I was just taking each day for what it was and um, leaning in, so to speak, to the, the carbs and the wa- dog walking and the sleeping in, and I, I thought it was great after um, the initial trauma um, and grief of the first couple of weeks,
0: um, that's something I think I've heard a few people talk about. Yeah, yeah. What was your trauma grief like? That... Well,
1: it was being being unprecedented, mm-hmm. um, having to walk the kids through what potentially could happen or what was happening and work with their fear, um, having to um, see the rest of my calendar for, you know, 2020, evaporate um as professionally as yeah yeah all my events um just cancel um and my livelihood cancel I ended up just walking away and, and burying my head in
0: the bottle <laughs> and when finally, you sobered up yes literally quite literally quite literally, okay, quite literally uh, what's helped you thrive in the middle
1: I, I think just singing the frozen soundtrack. I was just <laughs> let it go, let it go. Um, cause there was, there was nothing else we could do. It was bigger than us. Who knows? Just be, be in the moment. So once I finally embraced the situation, I don't think I ever wanted to leave. In fact, I want to go in lockdown again. And I know people in Melbourne will, will curse me for saying that, but I just enjoyed the removal of limitations.
0: When were you at your? I just need to survive.
1: I, I think. I think it was the earlier on mm-hmm. when there were There's so many unknowns. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no answers for anyone. I didn't know how to proceed. Um, my my go to resources were um, unreachable, um, and I just had to kind of think on my feet and kind of give in to all the things that. Um, normally would resist with the kids. So it's probably worth mentioning that my children both have special needs. Mm. Um, They both have autism. They both have ADHD and um, they have ODD, which is oppositional defiance disorder. Um, And so there's lots of things that as a parent, I have tried to, to get away from. And in this isolation period, Again, singing Let It Go, I just had to throw my hands up and, and go for it. So things like devices with my children, like most children, but um, I, I hear very much so with um, neurodiverse children. Um, an iPad is essentially cocaine and <laughs> no one wants their kid addicted um, to coke. Um, And so in my case, you know, the kids hadn't been on iPads for about two years. And that had been really, really hard to remove from my house and from their school. Um, You know, they have iPads, of course, in their classroom. But that was something that was off limits to them because they can't moderate with themselves. It's only five minutes for the sake of learning, because once you get that taste, they wanted more and they would rage and, and go crazy and off the wall um, if they couldn't get, you know, their fix.
0: So that must have been really difficult for you because you've worked really hard. Really, and really very hard. Just yeah. to survive. Yes. You had to give them yes. back.
1: And, and it was, um, I have a person I refer to as my, my autism guru. Um, I guess you could also say she's our personal autism coach and I work with her fortnightly and have continued to do so all through COVID. We just did it by Zoom. And she is a person that we that has been working with our family, I think, for five years now. Um, and it was with her help and support that we removed devices from our home. And we have been able to see how much the, the kids thrived without them and the personality changes without that in their lives and it was actually on her recommendation I think it was a week or so before I removed the kids from school where she said everything I said about devices
0: <laughs> this, this is wartime We've, yeah and I, a lot of families on saying we had to relax our rules yeah. how has it been going yeah. back and taking the with the devices off them again oh no it's terrible it is
1: terrible the lengths my daughter will go to to score time um, on a device, is she's a proper junkie. And I'm sorry if this offends anyone who has actually gone through proper um, real, real drug abuse in their life. And so I, I don't want to take away from what people's experiences are with real um, chemical dependency. Um, but, you know, it's, it's all relative, I feel, and when we're dealing with a 10-year-old girl with um, a different mental capacity... Mm-hmm. um it's super super tricky so we've had cycles of putting in you know you're only allowed this amount of time on it and you have to ask me and changing passwords so she had to ask me for when she could get it in and i uh, get her time in and um uh we went through putting it in a safe at night which is great in theory but i'm kind of terrible at remembering to do those sorts of things um because i'm tired or i'm upset or whatever um recently it's like well you've got to at the end of the night hand over all your devices to me and have it in our bedroom and um, she's gotten really sneaky with swapping her iPad out for her brothers or vice versa and hiding them under her pillows and I wake up in the middle of the night hearing noise in her room thinking that you know she's unwell or she's upset and I go in there and she's just got headphones on and she's
0: watching YouTube and she's laughing herself stupid so coming back, this analogy that's not a new one of yeah. Eye screens... Yeah, it's a drug. ...drugs, and we needed them yeah. during lockdown. And I have experienced, and you have as well, yeah. a meltdown when they're told they can't have it and their brains maybe aren't.
1: Oh, they, they, they are they become anything. animals. Mm. Like, they're not in control of their own reactions. Um, I like to think that she's smart and old enough that she should know better and can do better. Mm. But she... <laughs> <laughs> no no she she can't she
0: can't and she doesn't and it's difficult because you're saying your kids are particularly susceptible to getting sucked in and join. and yeah some my perception some families seem to manage it and yeah. their kids seem to have lots of time but they're still for some people it, it's not a problem dip, yeah and you it's know I, the a circumstance of that kid being cheeky
1: is just being cheeky you could give mm. them a little consequence and mm. you know they'll learn their lesson she has gone months without an iPad as a consequence. She has gone weeks, days, whatever, where it's been all devices, including TV. I've taken away from her her most precious possessions. None of this matters, and in her mind, I think it's it's worth it if she just got that three minutes of mm-hmm. Minecraft.
0: And what would it look like if you went tried to go back to that time if you didn't have just if we devices, got rid of them completely? well which I think we're all very tempted to do my Show them so, out the window. yeah my son
1: is okay with with not having really he's sort of forgotten that he even has an iPad now so that's, that's kind of great yeah. um, but with Genevieve she she really built a strong social connections to people mm. on um, Facebook messenger for kids mm. oh, yeah, which I think great. was was like the best kids you know communication type I, yeah um app i think it was
0: quite it's quite safe it, and easy for have you, have you tried it yeah have you done fluffy bunny
1: <laughs> oh no i haven't done that Oh, so
0: you get to eat marshmallows and your mouth gets bigger oh right right, right, <laughs> anyone right, right, right. who's not that. tried messenger and it is very good okay so have to, yeah yeah, okay. yeah
1: yeah i just meant as far as um good. the parental controls and yeah. seeing who your children are speaking with mm. and
0: how amongst all this balancing family and children with, with special needs um how do you balance your family life, your work, and your own yeah, interests? Yeah,
1: I would say very, very poorly. Okay. Um, <laughs> <I think we're- laughs> very, very poorly. Um, a constant work in, in progress. And um, I do it with a lot of help. A lot of help in the community, a lot of help um, from my family, a lot of help from my husband and a lot of help from professionals. So um, these years for our family looks a lot different to previously. Mm -hmm. Um, We are recipients of the National Disability Insurance Scheme, so the NDIS. And just, again,
0: for non-Australian listeners, that is a government-funded program where you have... a child who needs additional yeah. services mm-hmm. you get this money and
1: yeah so um, so that person my my autism guru she's been with us um for our family for actually maybe even closer to six years now but those first um four years we had to uh, pay for that privately yeah. um and that was not something that we could afford ourselves um, and my children are very lucky to have trust set up for them for, by their grandparents or their great grandparents. And um, my family pitched in and, and made these things for us um, available. Um, and then with the, the NDIS, that was a very um, stressful period of our life applying for that that sort of thing, a lot of hoop jumping and at the time of applying for that stuff, I personally wasn't struggling very well with my mental health mm. and that kind of layered up onto that. But eventually we got it and it has made a significant impact positively for our family. So we have a very generous uh budget for each child that takes care of um their therapy expenses. Mm. There will be
0: people listening to this uh, in the UK, where this this level of support yeah. and even just trying to get um, a teacher special aid at school, yeah. all the funding gets cut. Where would you be if you hadn't had all the support? As the family?
1: Would you <laughs> oh be my a- god! I, I don't think we would be a family.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We. We. I don't. I don't think we would. Um. You know. I. I feel most weeks that we are still. You know, hanging in there by the skin of our teeth. Um, And we are fortunate enough to have all the help and support that we do. Mm. So without, I I don't think we would exist. Um, And that would be the absolute truth of it. Mm. You know, so I understand that a lot of the things that my kids have, a lot of families don't have um, when it's just their parents paying for things like that. And so my children do have a little bit more than most um, because they've received the funding for it. And I know my children, it seems like they do a lot of activities and extracurricular things and lessons. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, that is something that my husband and I never would have been able to afford Mm -hmm. on our own, and and it's because we get funding that we're able to adjust our budget to make this happen.
0: How does that sometimes get perceived?
1: Um, I think if you don't know our story, um, I think people would, would see that we're privileged Um, And that my children are maybe um, a bit precious or entitled Um, and I I don't know like our financial ambitions or I don't know how we live differently to other people or we must be living on credit or how do we afford all these things and the answer is we don't we don't Mm. um this is this is funded for but it is with um really strict goal setting and guidelines Mm. that we use this and we are supervised it's not like someone just gave me a bag of money and said go for it alana Mm. like i i do think a lot i can get reviewed at any time i can get audited at any time um and if they think that i've i've used the money irresponsibly well then i have to Make up for for that kind of stuff. So, any way I spend the money on the kids or any activity I enroll them for, mm-hmm. I do it with consultation of our psychologists, psychiatrists, mm-hmm. occupational therapists, um, uh, autism consultants, mm-hmm. um, the school. You know, I'm I'm just trying to think of ways mm-hmm. that I can raise these annoying, terrorist children mm-hmm. <laughs> into functioning. Um, people in yeah. society that contribute and have happy lives. Well, that's the bigger picture. I think it's that's really bigger important picture. that you
0: celebrate the yes. support that you have. There will be families that, like you said, think it's entitled and they're having much and people that yeah. feel resentful that they don't yeah. get that support. And there is that, but you wouldn't be yeah. a family and you've got kids who are going to contribute. Yes, And so it's wonderful that that opportunity... Yeah. there.
1: well, the government can support a child in a similar way that they're doing with my children now mm. um, and then they have a, a, an adult later that can give back to society and contribute yes. Yes. or they can let us be have a family that breaks down, have a, farage, a marriage that breaks down, all these other financial supports that come into it that aren't directed towards therapy or help for my children, mm. then the children end up becoming adults that have mental health issues that are then hospitalised, medicalized. Who knows? The path is not positive for them and I think it's going to be a lot more expensive for the community at a whole
0: later. Yes, and unfortunately it's very difficult to measure that and put figures on it yes but absolutely and children with any neurodevelopmental, neurodevelopmental difficulties are more yeah and more vulnerable to yeah
1: and with the story i have that i can tell about my kids addiction to a, an ipad smart, yeah. when they get to their teen years and they try to self-medicate and they are introduced to mm. a joint or something like that at the party like mm. how is that gonna be when it's actual mm-hmm. drug drugs that mm. they're
0: addicted to but I, At some point, you've had to hold your hands up and ask for this help and receive this help. Oh, I had to absolutely lose it.
1: I had to, I had to, I was the lady for a very long time that did um, the school pickup in the same pajamas that she'd done drop-off in the day before, very unwashed, um there was a joke I would make that if we didn't have pet chickens some nights my you know my kids wouldn't eat dinner because I couldn't bring myself to go do the groceries so literally the eggs my chickens had laid that day with some toast was dinner um you know I my children were never in a position where they were in dirty clothes where Mm. they didn't arrive at their appointments where they missed out on anything the kids were all great but I struggled my husband then struggled we all struggled
0: and did you pull the cord and ask for the help No, hit rock bottom, or was it done for you?
1: It it was kind of done for me. I um, went to our family GP, who has known us forever and knows half of the suburb. Mm. Um, And me, being the comedian that I am, you know, he he made a joke, or he asked me how I was doing, and I just kind of made a little joke to him going you know those mums that you hear about on tv that just <laughs> drove the family station wagon you know into the river or off a bridge or something and and you know everyone's going how could they what a terrible mum you know i'm like i get them i get them i know why those mums do that now and um, apparently that's not a good thing to say to your family <laughs> GP.
0: <laughs> and um is that a safe way of you saying i perhaps feel like this yeah perhaps and I'm telling you behind some humor and I'm making a distance. Yes. Because it hurts too much.
1: Yeah. I I think that's how a person who really struggles with depression, um, does communicate things to people, um, Mm -hmm. is in their comedy, in their humor. Um, because you, you don't feel like it is okay. Um, or you don't, you, you, you don't think to tell someone I'm not coping or this isn't great. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, that's why a lot of really talented, funny, entertaining people um, end up harming themselves and, and disappearing in really sad circumstances. And people always say, oh, we had no idea. We had no idea they felt that way. We had no idea. How could they? They were so talented. They were so funny. That's always a the thing. They were so funny. Funny people apparently can't struggle with depression, mm-hmm. and, and unfortunately, they mostly are the people the, yes. who struggle
0: because behind the scenes, but yeah, it's a really good example of where brilliance and comedy yes. have equally to the other end of the spectrum. yeah, deep depression, the creativity, yes. and it's well documented, but it's still not talked yeah. about enough, and unfortunately yeah. people don't always talk. Yeah. but you got to a point you did hit. oh Oh, yes yeah 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 yeah. and had to ask
1: look i had been asking for help in a long time and um this was before there was ndis uh, for a long time and everyone just said well there is no help to give um and that's when my mother and and my dad and other people, you know, my neighbors, you know, people pitched in and did really wonderful great things, beautiful neighbors that would just pop in, just pop in, because you know, they they just thought they'd say hi and just happen to have um, you know, a meal prepared. Um and at the time I just thought, isn't that so nice? And on reflection I go, no, they were keeping an eye. They were
0: keeping an eye on you. They and were keeping old an eye. How were your kids at this time?
1: Look, I, I can't think of a time where this, this probably wasn't happening. Mm. Um, I think I'd always sort of struggled. Um, it's with, with the differences, the, the difficulties my children have, mm. it's um, despite popular belief, it's not like they took a pill or had a vaccination and suddenly mm. <laughs> were overcome with something. Mm. They were always autistic. They were born autistic. Mm. Um, and that was, it was always coming through. And um, my youngest was diagnosed first, mm. not because my eldest wasn't showing the symptoms, but I had nothing to compare her against. Oh, yes, yes. So I just thought that was normal. I thought all kids do that. All kids do that. Mm. Um, and people would sometimes say to me going, that's not really that normal. I'm like, whatever, why does every kid need to have a label? Can't we just let kids be? Mm. And then when my second kid was doing it where other people kind of would say, hey, that, that kid's doing weird shit too, for me <laughs> I was just like, no, he's doing it, she's doing it, they're both doing it, that's just what they do and that's great. Um, it, it wasn't, it was the outsiders who were observing what they were doing and how perhaps my husband and I were compensating for the weird behaviors and and things that were happening, and it took a lot of outsiders, medical professionals, okay. to kind of say, "We are observing this."
0: Oh, maybe and they are a bit. How different. was that for you? Because you often devastating. You often hear where parents are pushing for a diagnosis, yes, and they they want an answer because they're devastated that they're too kid is not following this developmental trajectory but you were the other way around yeah and you were living this lovely these are my great kids and yeah. they're just doing what they do yeah but you have to have other people telling you that your kids are not normal yes in yes the
1: and then I didn't I didn't know what that what that meant mm. and all the stories people were giving me and explaining mm. to me and and the resources that were illustrating what autism was in small children um, I didn't identify as being our kids or our family and um, I kind of thought, that's not going to be us. Yeah. We're not going to be that family on 60 Minutes or a current affair. That's not us. They're great. Mm. They can do this. They can do that. And mm. I had to learn that just because they have deficits does not mean they still don't have extraordinary talents and strengths. Mm. One doesn't cancel out the other. It's not a they can do mm. this, but it's a they can do this and I remember very clearly the day that my son Mm. was officially diagnosed and up until the the official letter was in my hand, Mm. I still kind of had it in my mind that he was just a different kind of normal. You know, whatever, whatever, he'll get there, he's fine. Um, And then when I had this letter that all these other medical professionals had contributed on this study that had been assessed and weighed down and and it said this is the diagnosis – that's that was like telling me the sky wasn't blue. It was everything crumbled down, and I thought, well, if they're all right about this, then the books and the TV and everything, people, all these horror stories, they must be right as well. And all of those things that you plan for your child and you envision for your child, that's no longer going to happen. And so there was loss, there was grief, um, there was a period. Of just just wondering and kind of going, well, what are we now? What do we do now? What does this mean now? And and just um it was funny, I was at an event the other week and um the speaker had said something about, you know, how do we all go with pivoting and how do you know it's move and counter move and all the stuff, and my girlfriend next to me just nudged me and went, You are the queen of counter move. <laughs> um it's like I just keep getting situations and I go, okay, what do we do with this now? What's that's... the next thing? let's let's make this work. Let's rethink it, let's make it possible. It's not a negative. Let's get this out. this is this is you know how I'm tragically creative. I keep coming up with these amazing things to do. And how do we make this how do we make this happen? How do we problem solve? Um, but this time it was like, how do we problem solve a tiny human? And how do I find the energy to problem solve a tiny human when all the other mums of tiny humans, Are just, you know, doing this, doing that, going to rhyme time at the library. And I take my kid to rhyme time at the library, and we get kicked out of the library. And it's that kind of stuff that was sort of happening. And so it is really tricky to kind of eventually regroup. And, you know, I always knew that the kids are rad. The kids are cool, they're so cool. G is so cool. Um, But there is not a, a blueprint. For girls like her.
0: Um, yeah. and, and and how old were they when that s- shift happened for you and you experienced that grief? Uh,
1: that grief? Well, so um, Clancy had been observed um, in the waiting room of a doctor's surgery and he was actually sitting in a pram. Um, so maybe he would have been like 18 months or something like that. And um, my daughter was in an appointment with an occupational therapist um, and the receptionist just was watching me play, wait with my son in a waiting room and she just sort of said, oh, wow, so he's got autism. When was he diagnosed? And I was sort of like, no, he doesn't have autism. <laughs> what are you talking about? And then um, the therapist had come out after my daughter's session and I just kind of said, that receptionist, she just said the craziest thing me like what is that and she goes ah actually I wanted to speak to you I've noticed some things as well can can we have a chat or can I spend some time with him and I was just like why why he's my normal child he's my easy child (laughs) look he's the beautiful lump in a pram Mm -hmm. that I don't have to you know have these crazy negotiations with all the time about which sippy cup you know that needs to be turned Twenty degrees to the right that can only have milk in at this temperature and you know like <laughs> he's the easy one um and so when you think that your easy good child so to speak it has
0: a disability that's very obvious for the rest of the world
1: that's hard
0: because you sure. must have felt like you had lots of people observing your children yes and they yes. all knew what was going on
1: and i didn't think i knew I knew every time I went to the shops, every time I went to the playground, I always had some stranger make some comment about something one of my children had done. To a stranger, it's like, why is that kid being so rude to the coach? Why is that kid being so, you know, um, disobedient, disruptive? Why is he off with the fairies? Why is he, you know, why is he weird? Other kids, other kids come up to him, why are you so weird? Um, you know, that kid's strange. And so this, this keeps on going. So I've had to send out a new flyer to the families of our football team and say, I know it's halfway through the season, but just letting you know, you may have observed some things about Clancy and this is his story. And it kind of starts off. It's quite cute. It it says, says, hi, my name's Olaf and I love warm hugs. (laughs) And it's like, actually kidding, kidding. My name's Clancy and I love, riding my bike and Lego Ninjago and you know, eating popcorn and you know, I love all of these things and in my spare time mm. I do jujitsu and I have a pet chicken. Um, but I also really struggle sometimes with mm. Loud noises, remembering people's names, crowds, funny smells. Um, I find it difficult to read, mm. to understand what's happening around me, to read people's facial expressions, um, to pay attention. Mm. This whole list of things, and and then the letter goes on to say, you know, I have autism, and ADHD, and ODD, mm. and there's a little asterisk. You know, ask your parents what that means. Mm. Parents, if you don't know what that means ask my parents <laughs> what that means. Yeah. Um, you know, and it just says I need a bit more time sometimes and I need patience yeah. and I need your help to be a good learner because I need to learn what's happening around me and it takes yeah. a bit longer than what it took you to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then I have um, a list of links and resources that I find are really good for children. Um, there's an episode of Operation Ouch. Um yeah. You know things like that there's a sesame street website that's dedicated to explaining autism mm. to children there's there's lots of little things and so I sort of
0: share that out and it's it's there what would you say are your main go-to's for self-care <sighs> there's
1: healthy and there's unhealthy okay the unhealthy yeah. ones. Yeah, the, the, the unhealthy one is, is when I just let it let it go
0: mm.
1: and that's when I go, okay, even though I was meant to have a keto dinner tonight, <laughs> there is some mac and cheese left over and I'm just going to eat that mm. and who cares and I'm going to have one or two starting off glasses of wine potentially finish the bottle. Who cares? Mm. Um, and then it's like, I'm not going to wash my hair. Who cares? Um, and the house is a mess, but who cares? And it's it's that kind of, that's one way of mm. self-care. Mm. And then the other, the the good way of self-care is, um, you, you've said, you see me, I take my dog for a walk most mornings. Mm. You know, I used to go to the gym early in the morning. I used to swim early in the morning. Oof. That is all really hard for me to manage mm. these days, but at least I take my dog for a really good walk. I end up seeing someone like mm. I, I can be quite reclusive. Um, a lot of my good friends know not to worry about me when you see me out and about and when when I am posting things on social media and, you know, when I'm chatting and and whatever, that's when I'm fine. It's when you don't see any of those things that you know that I'm a struggle. And so, yeah, when when my friends don't hear from me for a few days, that's when they know it's hit the fan and that's when you pop in for a coffee. Um, And so when I'm walking my dog, um, I'll run into other people because I live very close to the school. Mm. I'm always going to run into someone, Mm. have a chat. Um, We're in a community where most people who go to our school also live in walking distance to our Mm -hmm. school. So it's have a chat, come in for a coffee. That happens a lot. Um And that is is really good. I also started doing something about a year ago where um, a lot of the creative people that I, I work with in business mm. um, work in a self-employed type of mode, very similar to myself. And we need to meet up and discuss mm. what we're doing. And traditionally, you'd meet up and have a coffee. Mm. Um, we meet up and we will go for a swim we will meet up and we will take our dogs for a walk and we are doing business but we're doing it while we were out exercising
0: so I'd like to finish off this by asking you what do you think we do need to talk more about in terms of parenting and families
1: I think we need to talk about diversity you know Mm -hmm. not not diversity like if families look in so many different different ways and things you know and I think in we've come a long way in the last couple of years with the political correctness of what a family can look like as in blended families single parent families um, you know same-sex parent families IVFM you know donor family, all of that sort of stuff but but we don't think about the different parenting. Styles so much with being diverse. People that choose to have many, many children. People who choose to have one child. People who would have more children if they could. People with that are choosing to, you know, started a mother's group with breastfeeding, and then it gets school age, and it's maybe still some breastfeeding, but you know, being inclusive and supportive of people doing things that they feel like is right for their family. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to jump on and do it yourself, but you just have to say that's what you want to do. For you guys, you want to raise a vegan kid. My kid can't live without bacon, but if yours can,
0: that's great. And, and that's I'm, very well said. Yeah, it's just celebrating and accepting the diversity of families and they're not all yeah, two mom, dad and two kids.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think people have found it really difficult Um, to see that I have children that are as full on as they are and yet I've chosen to keep working. Um, It's not always been easy to work, but that is my choice. That's my family's choice that we are – it might not even be a a choice of circumstance, but, you know, I think I would have to work even if I didn't want to work, but I do want to work. Mm -hmm. And so how do we make that happen? And sometimes um, people judge me for being very selfish, for being someone that has people who care for my kids um, so that I can still do my, my own thing.
0: So I'd like to uh, end on asking you, what's your truth book confession this week? Oh,
1: man, I have always, I've always got so many embarrassing moments. What have I done today? What did I do yesterday? What have I done? Can I confess something that hasn't happened yet? Yes, that's going to happen this afternoon. Yes. So, very sadly, my son's pet chicken died at about oh. ten o'clock this morning, and he doesn't oh, no. know yet that it's dead. Oh. He knew it wasn't well when he left to school, uh-huh. but but he doesn't know that cheesecake has died. And the so, cheesecake. <laughs> I have texted um, our afternoon carer who is going to collect the kids from school because I'm going to be late getting back from work, um, and I've told him that he has to do it. <laughs> so I'm just like yep so there's a pasta in the fridge and they've got football practice at five o'clock and um yep by the way you need to tell Clancy that cheesecake is dead um so that's my confession that hasn't happened yet that I'm kind of really grateful for um possibly could just scar my child's development even further but um I'm still finding it somewhat funny (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think it's just the, the cheesecake
0: part of it. <laughs> it's a great name for a chicken. Clance is great oh, at naming things. So you mm. can pass the buck. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me. Well, today. it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, thank you for talking so honestly, particularly about your children and finding out their diagnosis and that. Yeah. Way. And I could see that that was hard to talk about but important to talk about it's not difficult to talk about it's It's emotional to talk about i chose the wrong word yes yes and (laughs) i'm happy to talk about it but it's emotional yes 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 Yes. well thank you very much and i really look forward to getting you on again (laughs) and talking about your party starting but also funerals and um, we're going to talk a bit about children and death death we'll give people a heads up for that yes episode two Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank you so you. much. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes with links Alana recommends for children with autism and her own website Wizbang Weddings. And help me grow the Truthbook community. If you enjoyed my chat with Alana, share this episode with a friend and subscribe for episode 2 and lots more open and honest conversations. Or even better, come on Truthbook. Your story of how you have navigated family life will inspire and become part of someone else's family survival guide.